0: Hey, it's Dr. Michael Rich, the Mediatrician. I'm a practicing pediatrician, a child health researcher, and a lifelong filmmaker who understands how powerfully screens can engage and change us all. As a doctor who takes care of kids every day, I see how they struggle in many ways with the screens in their lives, from smartphones to televisions, and I see the concern in their parents as they wonder whether this is going to affect their physical mental, or social health as they grow up. So to really understand how to raise healthy, happy, productive children in a world filled with digital screens, I try to bring my two worlds together and understand it in a deep and meaningful way that you can use to raise your kids to be successful. Mediatrics educator Christelle Lavallee joins me here each week address your questions.
1: Yes, I do. Thanks, Michael. So this week we have Maggie, a mom from Berkeley, California, who is looking for advice. And she wrote to us asking, she says, basically, my 12-year-old son wants a YouTube account so that he can post videos of himself talking about how to play certain games. He says he can earn money this way, as some of his friends do. He says he can be totally anonymous, so there are no risks. I told him I am willing to consider it as long as I view the videos first. But he tells me he considers that an infringement on his privacy. What are your thoughts? So I hear this a lot. I know you do with your patience. A lot of tweens and younger kids dream about becoming YouTube famous, whether through their how-to-make-slime videos or streaming or filming their gameplay, which is huge. And I have to say, Michael, when I was younger, my friend and I, had like we used to pretend that we had our own cooking show. We peaked at boxed mac and cheese, but sometimes (laughs) I like to think we would have had an audience. But I also have to wonder, is a public audience actually a good thing for a 12-year-old, like Maggie's son?
0: Well, you know, kids are often performing, and some kids like performing more than others. They're performing for their parents, for their teachers, etc. And it is interesting that um, you are seeing this, and I am seeing this a lot in my practice now, because part of what I do is help care for kids who actually get sucked into the world of gaming or social media and are really struggling and impaired by that behavior. While 10 years or so ago, I would have kids who would play basketball all the time because they were going to be an NBA star, today I'm hearing kids who want to be YouTube influencers like Maggie's son. Oh, interesting. And what's interesting is the first thing that Maggie can do to help him is to understand that his likelihood of becoming a YouTube influencer Is about the same as those kids who are going to be NBA stars. Hmm. These are long shots. Yeah. And bring it back. Have a fallback plan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But Maggie's impulse to parent her son in his digital life is right on. And I frankly wish more parents would have that courage and that motivation because an awful lot check out and sort of say, I don't really understand that world they're being quiet, they're not dealing drugs, they're not having sex, so everything must be okay. Hmm. And she is right on the mark, even if he doesn't like it. And this is just one of many experiences she's going to have as he moves through adolescence, where she needs to hang in there, keep the dialogue going, keep the door open, as he struggles with a number of issues um, through adolescence, from substance use to sex. And Maggie understand that your son's request for privacy actually results from a normal developmental drive for autonomy. He is moving from being a child to being an independent adult. So moving away from mom, moving away from Maggie. Moving away from Maggie in terms of his own identity and mm-hmm. figuring out who he is and what he does. Yet he does not really understand or really grapple with the concept of privacy the same way that you do. You are thinking of privacy in a long-term effect, like how what he does today will affect what happens tomorrow, but 10 years from now, 20 years from now as well, he's not even capable of thinking about next week, let alone applying for college or a job in the future, yet what he puts online will be there when those events occur. And he's not able to really understand monitor or protect his privacy. So, it is your job as someone with a mature prefrontal cortex and fully functioning executive functions to model and guide his responsibility and independence, a step at a time.
1: Okay, I really think it's important to kind of what you were saying about where her son is developmentally. I mean, this is a tween, right? So, how is Maggie going to deal with a tween? Let's start from like that developmental perspective.
0: Sure. Well, twelve-year-olds are only just starting to be capable of what we call formal abstract thinking, or what Piaget called that. And I love Piaget. That means that you know he's building his executive functions. He's just starting to work on impulse control future thinking, understanding that the actions he takes have consequences in the short and long term. Um, he is a long way from getting there. He is not going to have fully functioning executive functions till his mid to late 20s. And we need to be there. Maggie needs to be there for him as he stumbles sometimes in moving toward that independence. So she needs to despite his protestations, to stay closely involved with him. And he will feel like his privacy is being violated. But she needs to help him understand that he needs to build the skills both to understand privacy and to protect it as he is stepping out from her shadow and developing independent identity and an independent behavior.
1: So, Maggie, you're in this for a long haul. <laughs> so, Michael, what, what kind of parenting tips can we, can we give her? Specifically because she's already getting that pushback, as you noted. He doesn't want mom involved in these videos or even watching these videos, which is interesting because they're going to be public. So how can we help Maggie out?
0: Well, first of all, Maggie can both acknowledge and respect his need for privacy. And in other words, she doesn't want to say, you don't understand she wants to say, turn off. I understand you need to be private, and I want you to be private, not just from me, but from the rest of the world. The moment you put something online, it is no longer private. Privacy doesn't exist online. Amen. Everything you put there is there for you and others to see, and it goes a long way, it goes very fast, and it will remain there. So... He does not see privacy yet in the way that you do. He sees it as keeping things away from you, but does not really recognize or actually doesn't really care that the danger is from others. He sees them as a potential audience that can pay him, not as people who are seeking what they can take from him. So as annoying and obnoxious as you may be, Keep it up because you love him, and you're there to protect him from harm and from harming others. He will not necessarily recognize that right away, but in 10 years, he'll thank you for it.
1: That's encouraging. (laughs) And I think that this point is huge and one we can all use a reminder about. If it's on social media, it is public. It is not private. It is so easy to forget how quick someone can just take a screenshot of something and and share it and spread it online or spread it, you know, just even by word of mouth, the old-fashioned way, if you will. Because I, I cannot tell you how many times I hear, oh, well, my account is private, and then I'll look at the account, and it's, you know, they have 400 friends. They have 400 followers on Insta. And yes, it's private, but they let everybody have permission who asks, people that they don't know. So I just I thank you for reminding everybody, Michael, because I think it's so important. But then what about the business side of things? Because it sounds like Maggie's raising a little businessman here, and her son wants to make money as a gamer. We know that this can be done. All the people who make it make the headlines, so it's not like her son is wrong, But what are other concerns Maggie needs to know and that she can kind of break down for her son?
0: Well, a decade or so ago, he would have had a lemonade stand, right? (laughs) Go back to that. But here's the difference with what he's doing. He's using his basis of business, intellectual property that belongs to someone else. Mm. That game was created by someone else at the expense of many millions of dollars sometimes. The game that he's playing. The game that he is playing. Right. And they copyright that game, and they use that game as something that they sell. So in some ways, he has to be very careful that he's not violating copyright by using that and trying to make money off it. Hmm. He has every right to play a game that he's bought over and over and over again, but the moment he starts to charge admission... For it. Make money. He is violating copyright. And so the video games that he's playing are likely those that are most popular, that are created by multi-billion dollar businesses. Video gaming is the biggest part of the entertainment industry now. More than movies, more than television. And remember when the music industry hit kids as young as 10 or 12 with huge lawsuits just for file sharing music. And they are not afraid to bring some really mean lawyers to bear on him if he oversteps.
1: Oh, yeah. As someone who may or may not have downloaded months' work of music, I was frightened of jail. I, I recall those those lawsuits that you're referring to, Michael. But could something similar happen here? Well,
0: I, th- I think times have changed, and yeah. both the music industry and the video game industry and the entertainment industry have learned how better to use streaming and the availability of their product online. So it may or may not happen, but in the case of YouTube, they have cracked down on people who copyright violate. I've um, read those stories. And what they've the done typically is just shut down those videos. But that does not mean that if someone is a repeat offender, they would not have qualms about, you know, going after them legally in one way or another. If it's only to have a a lawyer threaten them. yeah. Um, So, Maggie, if she wants to support her son in this business, help him do it systematically to to investigate how he can legally share that content, how he can do this, you know, and... As, in some cases, when hackers have hacked into things, they end up getting hired by the companies they hack to do security. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it may well be that if he's good enough at playing these games, the game makers would hire him to be one of their their stars. To sponsor him, yeah. in a sense. So, I think that the important thing here for Maggie, as well as other parents with kids who want to become YouTube influencers... It's to remember to parent online as you do offline. So important. We think of these as two separate worlds, and many parents only parent offline. These kids move seamlessly between the online and offline world. We have to parent them everywhere they go and everywhere they are. So she can only help him if she understands this world and is present with him in it. And so... We recommend that you not only preview all the videos he posts, but that you have access to his accounts. You have passwords to and participate with him in all of his online activities. Because... Can't be private. Right? You can't be private. He's 12 years old. YouTube is social media. Absolutely. Social media (laughs) is prohibited for children under 13 by the Childhood Online Privacy Protection Act. That's right. Copy. Right. So, I think all of these things have to be brought into play here, and to help him to be a good digital citizen, to enjoy his games, to share his games, but to do so in not just a legal way, but in a caring and good citizenship kind of way. And one of the ways she can do it is not only helping him do it, but to model doing it in her behavior Mm. online and supervise him as he learns to navigate on his own and model for him good behavior online. Remember that this is a power tool. The internet and interactive media are power tools. And just as she will in, four short years be sitting white knuckled in the front seat of an automobile <laughs> teaching <laughs> him to use <laughs> that yeah. powerful tool
1: Oh, yeah! <laughs>
0: that can do great things. He can make money. He can have a lot more freedom, but he can also cause great harm if he doesn't learn to use it well. And she will be there side by side with him in the car and should be there side by side with him in front of a screen
1: i love that i love the car analogy michael i think that's one that can resonate with every parent uh, so but jumping on that car analogy can maggie eventually let her son kind of drive on his own um you know and, and by that i mean have a youtube channel so you know he's not ready at 12 but would he be ready at 14 after kappa you know maybe she's given him some guidance what, what are your thoughts there
0: well, I would change that question to Can Maggie let her son go on YouTube? To can Maggie help her son go on YouTube, helping him learn what the rules are, what good behavior, good etiquette is online, how to respect other people's creativity and creative property rights, just as he will want others to respect his creative property rights mm-hmm. when he creates. So she can help him do this in the way that we do all of parenting of adolescents, which is they seek freedom, we want them to take responsibility. So it's like having a dog on a leash. They want more freedom, you give them more leash, and you see what they do with it. And if they behave well, they get more leash. If they misbehave or stumble, you pull it in a little bit. And it's a very much a push-me-pull-you through adolescence and adolescence Winning analogies. is not, not <laughs> this is this is not um like a steady gradual slope but more like stair steps mm-hmm. in the sense that they will make advances and then they consolidate them they learn how to take responsibility for them and sometimes they step down and sometimes they step up but eventually they climb those stairs and that is how she can help him as opposed to letting him do it she can be there side by side with him.
1: Hey, that's so great. And Maggie, if you end up becoming that celebrity parent of a YouTube influencer, please remember us. <laughs> we hope for the best for both you and your son.
0: And help him stay humble.
1: <laughs> that's <too. laughs> you. So for the rest of you, you can find links to all of our resources at askthemediatrician.org. You can also connect with our very own Mediatrician on Twitter at Mediatrician and submit your own question at askthemediatrician.org. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you subscribe and share this podcast.
0: Enjoy your media and use them wisely together, which is one way to enjoy your son and raise him wisely. Ask the Mediatrician
1: is hosted by Dr. Michael Rich. Joined by mediatrics educator Christelle Lavallee. Jill R. Cavanaugh is our chief knowledge officer. Original music composed by Christopher Cerf. Podcast and music recorded, mixed, and edited at Saturn Sound Studios. Executive producer, Alicia Haywood.